Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, open your Bible with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19 as we continue on our series on the life of David. And, you know, a couple things. We're going to be teaching from a few chapters of the Bible once again. We did that last week. We're doing it again this week. Because sometimes when you're reading the Bible in the Old Testament, it's a full story. The story is inspired by God so that you and I can actually learn. But we have to learn from the story. And so sometimes in the New Testament, you could have one verse. And the one verse unpacks a principle or even several principles pretty succinctly. But in this case, the the lesson comes from the story. So we're going to be covering a few chapters again like we did um, last week. And you know, this week I heard so much anointed preaching and teaching. And um, Heidi was so anointed by God this week, as well as the other teachers. It was very, very powerful. And I listened very closely while she was talking to the kids. And here's one of the things that she kept saying to them. She kept saying to the kids, she kept saying, this is a true story. This story really happened. David's life was real. How many know David's life was real? Amen. It was a real life. And David's life became part of the word of God, of holy scripture. And so every facet of this story as it's articulated, it it comes from the spirit of God and it is actually the word of God. Look at what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. It says, all scripture is God breathed. Everyone say God breathed. The key thing to understand about the word of God is that it is inspired by God. So many people take pot shots at the Bible and they say, well, man wrote it. Yes, men but men were inspired by the Holy Spirit. The word of God is God-breathed. And you're like, well, how, do you, how does that happen? Well, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do. How many would say amen? And the Holy Spirit can preserve what he wants preserved, and he can leave out what he wants to leave out. And so the word of God is God-breathed. And look, it's useful, everyone say useful, for teaching, for rebuking. Sometimes the word of God will even rebuke us. That means really say it straight. You know, I got one name. Somebody whispered an amen front row. Thank you. But sometimes the word of God will even rebuke us. It'll say, hey, stop that. You know, you're going to get in trouble. Sometimes the word will even rebuke us. Other times correcting, this word correcting uh, um, what it basically, it, the, here's the more the feeling of it. It means that sometimes you might be going this way and they go, no, actually that's not the right direction, it's here. Or sometimes you might be doing something a certain way. It's like, no, that's not the way to hold that. Hold it this way. It's kind of correcting. And then lastly, for training in 
righteousness. How many want to be trained to be godly for the glory of God? Could I get a, a strong amen this morning? And so every story of the Bible, every story is worthy of our deepest hunger, our deepest attention, and our deepest application. In other words, today's story, which is kind of different, today this is kind of like a, I'm just going to walk you through and talk with you, but about something that's very solemn, very serious, and vitally important to every single individual who's listening to the word right now. Today's message is not one of those David took down Goliath where everyone's maybe cheering and you know, we're saying, this is how I fight my battles. No, this is different, but this is equally solemn, equally important. And here's what the word is going to teach us today. It's going to teach us that it's not God's will for us to live life on our own like these little isolated islands. Today's message is about deep spiritual kingdom friendships. Everyone say kingdom friendship. Kingdom friendships are vitally important to the believer. Everyone here should have kingdom friendships. The word friendship is thrown around a lot these days. Okay, the word friend is used in a very broad way, but what we're going to be talking about is not friendship in a loose way. Today we're talking about kingdom friendships, and the first part of this message is us getting a framework of thinking so that we can take this message in deeply. Kingdom friendships are vitally important. The world might say that you can do it on your own and you can be, you know, it's just all about me. But that is not true. Everybody needs somebody. But what the Bible is teaching, everyone needs a kingdom friend. And here's what a, what a, a kingdom uh, a friendship is kind of characterized by. You're going to see today we'll be looking at the story of Jonathan and David, one of the most favorite kingdom friendships in the Bible. Okay, uh, and, and uh, kingdom friendships are characterized, first of all, by God's word and will as the guiding bond. So here's what I mean by that. I remember uh, uh, when I first started going to church and when, whenever we got some instruction, for example, about dating. And they would say, first of all, if you're going to date, date to get married. Don't date to play musical chairs with people. And everybody said... Okay, you date with a purpose. You date to discover the will of God. That's different from the world. The Bible doesn't say to hook up. The Bible says to pray, okay, and to line up, find people who line up with God's word. So they say when you go to pick someone, you need to pick someone that loves the word of God like you do. You need to pick someone who values the will of God like you do. You, and, and then you join forces together with that person and you go to fulfill the word and will of God. So it is the guiding bond. Some people are bonded to people, but they're bonded for all the wrong reasons. You see? And so the Lord wants us to help us to think about our life today. And he wants us to help us to look in the mirror and examine our friendships because God wants us to have kingdom friendships. 
Here's another thing. Kingdom friendships are characterized by God's love and support as the abiding value, meaning that when we go to have friends, we have to have a disposition and a heart to love and support them. You see, we have to desire to be a blessing to someone else. And when we think about kingdom friendships today, we shouldn't think necessarily, although you need to analyze your friendships. Because, you know, my, my mom and dad are here. They'll be here for the third service. And um, uh, they're so cute. My dad is 92, and he can't hear a thing. I mean, nothing, right? And then my mom is 82. She's kind of sickly. They're both in canes. They, they, they're moving around slow. Uh, they've been together around 60 years. They sit there together. They're, ho they're still holding hands after 60 years. Um, but the funniest thing is, is my mom is talking to my dad, and he'll say something. He'll go, what? She'll say something again. She'll get louder. What, what, what? And then finally she you know, like really yells at him. And then he goes, why are you yelling at me for? But anyway, my, my mom, since I was a kid, and I've said this over and over, this is a classic example, and I pray that you would take this seriously today. My mom always told me, tell me who you hang with, and I'll tell you who you are. And so, today is a good day. How do you listen to a message like this? Okay, one of the things you want to do, first of all, is you want to analyze your friendships. Because the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. And so we need kingdom friendships. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. We need kingdom friendships. It's very, very important. And then the, the other side of this, as we're getting ready to read the verses, but i got to march through a few things. The other side of this is that it's important for us to recognize that the Bible also says, he who wants friends must show himself friendly. So a lot of times people want friendships and they don't have friendships because what they don't recognize is that they don't know how to be a good friend. And they, they, they get angry and they feel isolated, but they don't understand the most fundamental principle of being a good friend is right here, is that you would exercise love and support for them as opposed to expecting something from people, you see? And so this is very, very important for us to get a hold of. And the title of today's message is David pursued God and he made kingdom friendships. Let's say kingdom friendships one more time. Kingdom friendships, that's what we're talking about today. And the reason why I even emphasize the fact that this is the word of God is because a lot of times as adults we say, man, isn't it great? We, we look at how the kids are getting along or look at how this brother and sister loves them. And come on, you got to love your friends and love your brother and sister. And we celebrate when kids get along. But what's even more important is how do the adults get along? Amen. 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 How are we getting along? How are we doing? And so... We're going to take some time to explore this, this topic and this issue of kingdom friendships. And I want to say this uh, uh, as we're getting ready to open just a few verses. I want to say that your ability to make friendships, it says a couple of key things about you. Okay, it's not in the notes, but listen to this. 
Your ability to make friendships, kingdom friendships, reveals your level of spiritual strength. You see, when a person is strong, they can be a giver. If you want to have a kingdom friendship, if you want to have kingdom friendships, you got to be a giver, not a taker. And so it reveals your level of spiritual strength. It also reveals uh, uh, your personal contentment and peace. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a contentment that, that we get from seeking God. In other words, David sought God alone. And, and, and then he would step out in the world and then be a blessing. Inevitably, when a person is really spending time with God alone, what he does is he fills you. He makes you content. He makes you at peace so that when you walk out into your world, you're able to be a giver. Being a giver is a reflection of your peace and contentment. You see? And a lot of people, they don't realize that no one in this world will really put you at peace. And nothing in this world will really make you content except Jesus. How many would say amen? So what's awesome about this Pursue series is that when you pursue God, and by the way, what's awesome about this is that today the star of the show is Jonathan. That David wasn't the only God seeker. Jonathan was a man after God's own heart too. He was a God seeker. And when you're a God seeker, it enables you to be so content and so at rest that you can actually be a blessing. Here's another thing it reveals about you. It reveals about the depth of compassion of your life and heart. And how many would agree that God is a compassionate God? And the people of God should be compassionate as well. Amen? So here's basically what... What, what happened with, with uh, David. David is rejected and he's harassed by his fathers, his brothers, the king. Like, he's, like all of these things are coming at David. And then we see the golden rule, so to speak, played out in between Jonathan and David. And what we're talking about today stands from the mouth of Jesus. Okay, from the mouth of Christ himself, what we're talking about today stands of highest importance. Look at, look at what the Bible says in, in Mark. It says, they asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And he replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And watch this. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. In other words, be a God seeker. Pursue God with all your heart. Be someone who has a heart after God. Then, secondly, watch this. Second is equally important. Then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, God is saying, look, I want you to love me, but I also want you to love people. I want you to be close to me, but I also want you to be close to people. Everyone here should have people in our lives that we're close to and that we love, as we're going to see the way Jonathan loved David and the way David loved Jonathan. Now, a little bit more before we read a few verses and pray, but this is important. Because this message coming in 2018 is addressing a cultural reality. 
The cultural reality is, is that we appear to be great, but we're actually lonely. Look at this article in USA Today. USA Today wrote an article that said, young Americans are the loneliest. Okay? Look at these statistics. Many Americans say they feel lonely. 47%. That's literally half of the people walking around in America, according to this poll, says they actually feel left out. Again, almost half sometimes or always feel alone. 43 feel their relationships are not meaningful. Okay, they feel isolated from others. Rarely or never feel that there are people who really understand them. Rarely or never feel close to people or even feel like they have uh, people they can talk to. Here's how it plays out in the natural. Okay, this is one of the, a professor from Ball State University. He says, I have students who tell me they have 500 friends on Facebook, but when they're in need, there's no one. Okay? So David is attacked by the king. David is attacked by all of these people, but he did have one friend. And how many know one kingdom friendship is better than thousands of friends on Facebook? Can I get an amen? And so we're talking about kingdom friendships today, and it's important for us to open up our hearts, again, for two reasons. Number one, we want to ask ourselves, are we processing this like the world does? Do we have kingdom friendships, or are we concerned with our image? You know, do we look great, but are actually lonely and empty? Here's one more quick thing, and then we'll then we'll read and pray. Even now, this has been happening all over the news lately. And we could put in every field, movie stars, artists, sports figures, journalists, pots, even ministers, unfortunately, to say. You know, I didn't want to put this one in, but I had to put it in because it's true. You see? Even ministers, they've been exposed. They've been creating what they call burner social media accounts to defend themselves and sway public opinion. In other words, they talk back for what people are saying about them or about a particular issue, but anonymously. Many people have actually been fired because of doing this. Some of them have been caught purchasing massive amounts of their own product to make themselves appear more successful, and they purchase fake followers on social media. I didn't know this. I just found this out. You can buy followers uh, on Instagram or something like that. I was like, man, talk about an easy way to make money. That's a smart businessman, whoever, whoever thought about that. People buy followers so that they look like they're more well-known or popular than they are. How many know that's all empty? Amen. Everyone say empty. empty. So look, God doesn't want any of us to be empty. That's the great news about today. He doesn't want any person here to feel empty. And here's the wonderful thing. Before you talk about your social life or your friendships or your, or your relationships, I'm going to close with a verse today. There's a, a proverb. Don't put it up, but there's a proverb that says, look, a man, can have, a man can have many companions and still fall into trouble. But here's what the Bible says. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many know that friend is Jesus? Jesus wants to be your friend, 
the friend that sticks closer than a brother, the one who'll never leave you nor forsake you, the one that when your marriage is tough, he'll still be there, when your life is tough, when your friends turn away, whatever, when the bottom falls out, how many know Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us? Amen. And it all starts with Jesus in our hearts, and then he makes us like him, and he enables us to have kingdom friendships. So I want to pray right now. Let's pray, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we could be together. And God, I ask that you would breathe on the next few moments and that you would strengthen every life and every heart. You want everyone, oh God, to be full and free. And I pray, Lord God, that, that we would shed, oh God, relationships that are not good for us, that are unhealthy for us, and yet, Lord, that in turn we would gain true kingdom friendships in this place. So bless this word and our time together. We trust you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do very quickly. We're going to read these verses and then talk uh, for a few minutes what makes godly friendships. Like I said, we're going to start and we're going to bracket this story. We'll start with 19. We'll end in 20. It says, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. So Jonathan was Saul's son. Saul was jealous of David. Saul was trying to destroy David and go after him. But even though he was going after him, God provided a kingdom friendship for David. And I want you to notice that kingdom friendships can surpass even family. Even family, because sometimes in our families, we have some family that is going opposite to the will of God. And when family goes opposite to the will of God, that doesn't mean we stop loving them. We keep loving them, but no one or nothing can draw us away from the perfect and precious will of God for our lives. Can I get a strong amen? God's will is more important. And this is a classic example of that. He says, I'll tell you everything I can find out. And then fast forward all the way. This is the way the story ends. I'll put up a map for you to show you how many times uh, Saul went after David. But look, it says, as soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David, because he was saying, hey, you got to run, my dad is after you. And he says, at last, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. Everyone say, in the Lord's name. That's the key with the kingdom friendship. Look at your friendships. Are they based, are they founded by the Lord's name? You understand? It was like in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left and returned 
to, uh, to the town. And here's the last one. This is just another occasion. In the ESV, I love the way it says it. It says, Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish. This is one of the best descriptions of being a good friend to someone. It says, and strengthened his hand in God. And strengthened his hand in God. A kingdom friend will strengthen your hand in God. If you're going to be a kingdom friend, you need to pray for God to give you the grace to strengthen someone's hand in God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and so look, here's real quickly, here's the map of all, all of these lines represent Saul chasing David. Okay, if you look at the legend here, all of these different occasions, we're actually around three right here and four uh, is, is, is coming up next when he ends up in the cave. But, but Jonathan kept inserting himself at key points and strengthening his hand in God. That's what kingdom friendship is all about. And so we're going to learn in the next few moments very quickly, what does it take to be a kingdom friend, a good friend? How do you judge your friendships? Here's what the Bible teaches us. First of all, a good friend, a godly friend, celebrates others in their gifting and victories. A godly friend can celebrate someone else in their gifting and their victories. After he, after he won the battle against, jo uh, against uh, Goliath, it says Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan sealed the pact, this is very important, guys, by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Now, what is amazing about this is that this was symbolic. Jonathan was saying, look, look, I already see it. I might be the heir to the throne, but you're the real king. And you know what? I'm going to celebrate that. I not only celebrate your beating Goliath, which his father couldn't do, but I'm also going to celebrate how special you are and how gifted you are. And so, so real kingdom friendships don't compete with people. You see, how many know you should never compete with anybody? Amen? Real kingdom friendships, when you, a, a, a godly friend can celebrate someone else. If you want to be a good friend, we'll learn how to celebrate people. I want to encourage you, when you leave here today, find someone to celebrate. Find someone to say, you're special, you're awesome, you're amazing. How many would say amen with me today? Many times we think friendships are about us, but really being uh, having, experiencing kingdom friendship is actually being about other people. We focus so much on ourselves and we don't understand that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And let me tell you something. When a person is a giver, he always gets more and more. That's the way it is. You know, some people have a lot of friends and you know why? It's because they know how to be a good friend. It's because they know how to celebrate other people and they know how to be happy when someone else gets blessed. Some, some, some people, when, when their friends get blessed, they're like, ha ha, so good. <laughs> you know, don't you love those friends? I just got this. They go, that's great. <laughs> don't you love those friends? Come on, right? So how many know we're supposed to celebrate as if, as if we got it? 
He loved them as he loved himself. How many know that would change the dynamics of our relationships if we would just celebrate other people? And can I say, can I say that nowhere is this more important than in the body of Christ? Because the people of God are supposed to be so content and so full in God that we don't compete with each other. We can easily celebrate one another. Can I get an amen for that? Here's a classic example. How many people love Lord of the Rings? I'm, I'm a Lord of the Rings like nut. And um, uh, there was a famous relationship between the author of Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien, and C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest minds of his time, one of the great apologists of his time. I actually have this book, The Fellowship, and have read a, a good deal of it. And uh, listen to the back and forth. This is what our friendship should look like. It says, one day Tolkien decided to show Lewis an early draft of what would become The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. At that time, Lewis was undergoing a crisis of faith, but upon reading it by dawn, he decided to return to Christianity. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And what that means is, is that on days when you're feeling strong, you need to be sensitive for someone who's feeling weak and lift them up. How many would say amen? amen. Why, do you think, why do you think we say take someone's hand like we'll probably do today at the end of this service? Why do you think we say that? We say that because you might be holding someone's hand. You have no idea what they walked into this building. But how many, when they walk into this building, when they're with this family, with this people, they should feel their hands strengthened in God because someone is willing to pray, ready to pray, desiring to be a blessing to them. So they say, you know, I don't, I don't like that hand holding stuff. You know? We're not supposed to be thinking about ourselves. But watch this. Look at how it flips. It says, Tolkien then said, the unpayable debt that I owe to Lewis was sheer encouragement. He just encouraged me. He was for long my only audience. This book that has sold, who knows? It's one of the top-selling story series and books in the history of publishing. And it says, he was for long my only audience, only from him did I ever get the idea that my stuff could be more than a private hobby? What if he didn't have a kingdom friend? You see, there are people in our, in our lives that God wants us to make the, be a difference maker in their life. And because we encourage them, they're going to go on to do something great. How many would love to be the source of someone going on to do something great? Amen? The musicians could come. And so it's important for us to take this message to heart. Today, this message is not about God's going to do this for you. God's going to do that for you. God's, amen, amen. No, no, today's message is more solemn. But just as sacred and just as important, God wants you and I to be just like him. And he wants us to celebrate people around us. You know, even in marriage, sometimes people get into competing with one another. A husband and a wife. And they're fighting with one another when they should be supporting one another. So vitally important. Listen, here's, here's another 
Here's another thing that a godly friendship does. A godly friend protects others in their hard times. Everyone say hard times. You know what friendships are for. Friendships are for hard times. You know, we've all had friends who are there in the good times, but then when the hard times come, they just step out and run. You call that a fair-weathered friend, right? But in the kingdom, we should be friends for the everyone hard times. A friend for the hard times. That means we are okay with being inconvenienced. We're okay with our schedule being messed up. We're okay with even taking, uh, experiencing hardship of our own for the sake of someone else. Good friends are about the hard times. He said, tomorrow morning, you warned him, you must find a hiding place. I'll ask my father. I'll talk to him about you. I'll tell you everything. David, get out of here because he's after you. Even though he's my father, you and I are friends, and I'm going to stand for what's right, and I'm going to stand with you even in the hard times. Do you know at a certain point, Saul not only threw a spear at David, but he even threw a spear at Jonathan. But that's the way it is with real friends. They're there for the hard times. And those are the kind of friends that we should develop. And that's the kind of friend we should ask God to make us. Again, you know, my dad being here, my dad loved baseball, gave me a love for baseball. And he used to tell a story for years when I was a little kid that I didn't understand until I got older. And then even a few years ago, I got to see this uh, when I, I saw the Jackie Robinson movie. How many saw the Jackie Robinson movie? It's a great movie. So, you know, in 1947, Jackie Robinson broke into the big leagues. He's the first black man to cross that line. And, um, and even his own teammates passed around a petition. Think about this. His own teammates passed around a petition saying that he shouldn't play and that he shouldn't be in the big leagues. This was right here, by the way, in America. Okay, and um, uh, so he, he breaks the color line, his, his own teammates are against him, and then as he traveled from town to town, they would boo him every time he got up, they would, they would, they would say terrible things, they would throw things at him, and once when he was in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati at the time was famous for being so, like, racist, and, and the game hadn't even started. We don't have clarity. History is not super clear on the, the specifics of it. But they were in Cincinnati, and they were, like, going after him. I think it might have been right before the game. And then another famous Hall of Fame baseball player, Pee Wee Reese, who was his teammate. Pee Wee Reese, whose own family was against Jackie Robinson. Pee Wee Reese... Okay, went over. This is a statue that commemorates the moment. Pee-wee Reese went over, and they don't really know if he put his arm around him or did like this, but, but here he went over, and he stood right next to Jackie Robinson, and, and it kind of chilled things out because they were like, oh, snap, Pee-wee Reese is standing with him. That's what a friend does. It says, I'm going to stand with you no matter what's going on. I'm going to stand with you. How many would say amen? So listen. Pee-wee kind of sensed the sort of helplessness, helpless, dead feeling in me and came over and stood beside me for a while. He didn't say a word, but he looked over at the chaps who were yelling at me and just stared. He was standing by me. I could tell you that. 
He was standing by me. I could tell you that. Kingdom friendships are about standing by people. And think about how, again, I said this last week. No place should this be more true than in the body of Christ. You know, no place. Our city is so divided around so many things. You know, it's, I think it's gotten a tiny bit better. And I emphasize tiny. You know, but it's funny because when Chrissy and I moved here, one of the front page, one, uh, one front page article of Chicago Tribune was the most divided cities in America. And Chicago was on the top of the list. How could this amazing melting pot, this amazing metropolis, have that nonsense? But it's true, it's real. And we're supposed to be the difference makers as we walk out of the doors of this church. We're supposed to be the difference makers when we go to school and we go to work. How many know we're supposed to celebrate the fact that the blood of Jesus makes us all one in Christ? And how many are thankful for that? Come on, let's put our hands together and affirm that today. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm so thankful today that even though people divide over all kinds of reasons, how many are thankful that God's not a Democrat or a Republican? Can I get an amen? Amen. See, some people went, <coughs> amen. You know, get it out. Thank you for getting that out. It's true. It's true. You know, you might be a Democrat today. There might be a Democrat that's in and you like him. And the next guy, you won't even like him. And the same thing for the Republicans. The Bible's very clear. Don't trust in princes. There's only one prince to put our trust in. And that is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So we shouldn't make more of earthly, earthly things that come and go. We should be about the kingdom. How many would say amen? Let's be people that live for the kingdom. And let us demonstrate that. And look, before we close, I've got one more thing. I, I, I need to say this. Look, what makes a great church? Is it great preaching? Nope. Is it great attendance? Nope. Great buildings? Nope. None of those things make a great church. All right, so the next time you see a giant building and if the Lord ever grows us even more, don't be impressed by any of that. You know what makes a great church? What makes a great church is that when we walk out of here, that wherever we are, people would experience the word of God and the love of God. And listen, and that when we gather together and people walk in these doors, they would experience the word of God and the love of God. Everyone say the love of God. And so that's why we pray for one another. That's why hopefully before you got to your seat, somebody hugged you like seven times. You're like, man, these people are really huggy. We should be really, really huggy. Okay, we should be because someone didn't get hugged out there. But we don't want anyone to leave without Jesus throwing their arms around them and loving on them. Can I get a strong amen, amen, and amen. That's what makes a great church. It's that people are full of the love of God and that they're full of the word of God. And then here's the last thing and we'll close with this. 
A godly friend supports others in their calling. Everyone say calling. Look at what he says, and we'll wrap this up. He says, may the Lord strike me and even kill me. This is Jonathan speaking. If I don't warn you so you can escape and live. And listen, and may the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. Here's what he was saying. The Lord came upon my father and made him king. And may the Lord make you a mighty king. And watch this. And so Jonathan made a solemn pact with David saying, may the Lord destroy all of your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again. He said, I just want to be your friend. You're God's choice. You're God's man. And I just want to be your friend and be a blessing to you. It says, for David, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. You see, kingdom friendships recognize the call of God on someone else. If you're a Christian here today, look at me for a second, okay? If you're a Christian here today, you have to realize the moment you gave your life to Jesus, something powerful was activated. The plan of God, the plan that God had for your life before the foundations of the earth, that was activated the moment you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, God has a journey for your life. The Bible says he has a will for you, a good, pleasing, and perfect will. But it's not an easy road. It's not an easy journey. And because it's not an easy road and an easy journey, we need each other. We need to be sensitive. When we call someone to the altar and we say, stretch out your hands, maybe that's not your day of burden, but it is their day of burden. And we should fight for them. And we should support them. We should pray. We should let them know we're standing with you. And we're going to see the call of God fulfilled. Yes, we want to see the call of God fulfilled on every person in this building. How many would say amen? amen. There's so many great people in this world who've come and gone that they would have never done it without friends. And I'll, I'll close with this. Everybody, Billy Graham just went home to be with the Lord. One of the greatest, probably the greatest American evangelist in history thus far. Reached and spoke to more people with the gospel. And here's the way the story goes. So when they were in Bible college, Billy went to Ruth. Ladies, listen to this. Here's a little counseling. So Billy went to Ruth and tried to take her out on a date. And Ruth said, look, you're handsome, you're cute, but you're not godly, so you got to step. <laughs> How many ladies, that's the way to do it. They can be cute, but if they're not godly, fuera. Amen? Now watch this. Watch this. If he really loves God, and if he really loves you, he's going to do what Billy did. He's going to go get alone with Jesus. And he got godly. And then he came back. And then they got married. And then God used Billy Graham to speak to millions and millions and millions of people. And here's what he said. He said, her encouragement, her counsel, her prayers supported me more than anything else. I'll close with this. Look, even if you're single here 
and you want to get ready for marriage, okay, develop kingdom friendships. Because ultimately, when you get married, it's a kingdom friendship. It's a support for year after year after year. Okay? And life has so many twists and turns. But, but, but we're supposed to support one another. This is not necessarily about marriage today, but I want to encourage and remind every marriage person, don't forget that you're here to support your spouse's calling. You see, that's what this is all about. We're here to support one another. And so I want to pray today, guys. I want to pray. Your life is so noisy. My life is so noisy. But look, we spent an hour and a half in this building. And we just finished listening to the word of God. And the word of God is God-breathed. God's way is the best way. God wants you and I to step out of this place and to follow him, to follow his word. And someone is here today, and what you need to do is you need to cut off some friendships that are not kingdom friendships. And some people in this room, you need to go, and you need to remember that you it takes two. And you need to go, and you need to mend that fence. You need to, you need to say, I forgive, please forgive me. Life is too precious and too short for us to be divided for that long. I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus came to reconcile and redeem and recover. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Come on, let's pray. God, give us the spirit of Jonathan. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Lift your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Take a moment and begin to ask God, God, make me like Jonathan. Make me like Jesus. Help us, Lord God. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. We want to be like Jonathan, oh God. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. Stand to your feet, everyone. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Hallelujah, here's what we're going to do. Move in your seat towards the middle. Let's join hands across the aisle. Come on, join hands across the aisle. The beautiful, magnificent family of God. Every tribe, every nation, every color, every walk of life, every kind of background. The beautiful, Jesus died for all of us. We're family in this place. We're family, we're family. This is the family of God. 
the blood of Jesus is thicker than the blood of human beings hallelujah hallelujah for the blood of Jesus hallelujah for the blood of Jesus I want you to pray right now for the best of the call of God in your neighbor's life. You don't have to know them. They're your brother. They're your sister. Come on, pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus, bless, oh God. Protect, help, oh God. Let your call be fulfilled in every life, oh God. Help us to be kingdom friends right here, right now, oh God. God, pour out your best on every home. Pour out your best on every family, every marriage, all of our friendships, oh God. Help us, oh God. Help us to have a Jonathan spirit inside of us, oh God. Bless our neighbor. Bless our friends, oh God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word in this time. God, release us to be, oh God, a builder of men and women wherever we go. Help us to, to develop kingdom friendships, oh God, in the body, Lord God. And when we leave here, make us like you, God. Help us to be friends like you are, Lord Jesus. Release us, O oh God, from this place to show the love, the love of Christ wherever we go. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless God. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another before you go. God bless you.